Welcome back to yet another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Macy, and this is a series where we're working on building our mental fortitude, having a strong mind so that we can be better creators, better photographers, and our output increases. We produce better images. Today, I'm joined by another UK photographer, Ellis Reed. And before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a minute. I actually mentioned this later on in the episode, but I heard a quote or a passage or I don't know what you would call it uh, that really struck a chord with me about the analogy of someone if you were trying to learn to become a mountain climber and you were wanting to learn how to climb Mount Everest the person and people that you would want to be listening to are the people halfway up the mountain not the guy who's on the top explaining the view and I think that's really why so many of you have messaged me saying this this show has been relatable to you, but it was just an awesome, awesome passage that I heard, and I'm glad that we're studying people who are knee-deep in the journey right now, who are achieving small wins, and who we can really look up to, and we can gain insight from the small things that they're doing. So as always, I appreciate you guys listening. Let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. It was so interesting when you were pushing for 10K because this happens all the time. People are always trying to get to a new milestone on Instagram and their friends are always shouting them out and trying to help them. And there's, I would agree that everywhere in the photography community around the world is generally supportive. But there was just, there's just something about the UK crowd that seems to be on a whole other level. And it's maybe something I'm bringing it up so frequently because I think it's a mentality that would be much more healthy to adopt in other parts of the world. I mean, we Mm. have really, there's at times really selfish people who in the photography community that I know, I'm not going to name names, just that will do anything to get a leg up on you. Um, Especially if they're chasing photography as a, um, as a professional career. Right. So I just remember when you were doing your 10K push, that's all I saw for a while. Um, and when Lloyd was doing, Lloyd Evans was doing his 20K, it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just think that's so amazing. I just want to take a, a moment to mention that. But I'm interested to hear more about why you say you would probably wouldn't even be in photography if it wasn't for the community. That's a pretty powerful thing to say. Would, can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. I mean, the... The friendships that I've made, like uh, like Lloyd, so we met through um, uh, running uh, Ideas Bath together. Um, and it was kind of through the Ideas community that I met Lloyd. And now Lloyd is one of my, you know, one of my best mates. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the same with a lot of photographers uh, locally. It's like uh, the relationships and stuff that I've, I've managed to uh, create through it is, is really, you know, it's amazing. And I'm not saying like, uh, photography is resting solely on the relationships that I've got with people through photography, but it's the, the support and just the level of encouragement and just being able to surround yourself with like-minded people is really, really important for me. Um, I think it photography, well, any, any art could be, can feel like a very lonely place. Um, uh, and I think that you, you know, the more people that you can be like-minded and, you know, try and support each other with, I think the better. Yeah, and I I would agree with you. I think like-minded people attract other like-minded people. Mm. The whole adage of opposites attract, I believe, is total bogus. People want to (laughs) be with people who share the same vibe, have the same energy, who share the same passions. It's only natural. Why would you, you you know, you're going to be unable to connect with people who don't share those same things. And I think 
something really interesting you said there about the just the whole community aspect because I, I it's it's sort of the same thing for me like I have a community of, of friends that I will call now that I've met through Instagram and through photography that extends just beyond the craft that extends just beyond photography it extends into you know things we're going through in our personal lives or or advice on on something that's going on at work and and I think that's so awesome and I think photography is just a vessel for so much more and I think it's really important that people recognize that mm. yeah completely completely um so to segue into you mentioned Igers bath bath for people who don't know is a place in the UK where <laughs> whereabouts is that in the UK uh, it's in uh, Somerset, um, so uh, it's uh, we're we're right next to uh, Bristol, which is probably uh, a little bit easier to find. But um, yeah, Bath is one of the like really really touristy places in the UK. Um, it's about sort of like two two and a half hours from London. Um, for <laughs> anyone Beautiful in the US or anything and... listening, for some reason everyone relates uh, everywhere to London. Uh, weirdly, it's uh, yeah. Anytime I've gone to the states, oh, are you from London? No, I'm from Bath. Is that near London? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> you you guys have such weird names for, but weird but awesome names for towns and cities. It's, it's so strange. <laughs> I I have a friend who's from I have a friend who's from Rugby, Rugby, England. Yeah, and I, I just I kind of like I raise my eyebrows because I'm thinking who named these places, but <laughs> no. So you run a feature page called Igers Bath, which yep. obviously features. Uh, is it? If, is it photos of Bath or pictures taken from people from Bath? Uh, it's photos of Bath. Um, so okay. uh, generally we, uh, we, we have a hashtag, which is uh, Ideas Bath. And so um, we take it in turns uh, between us uh, each day during the week to uh, feature between sort of like 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, and we go through the hashtag right. to look at uh, what are the, the sort of best shots from the day within the last 24 hours um and whichever we think Perfect. is uh, the best for the last 24 hours is what we then feature for the sort of daily post perfect and that's why it's so important for people listening who don't who who want to extend their their audience to use those feature page specific hashtags because what you've just said there as a moderator for as you you're adamant and diligent about how you go through and look at them. Um, mm. But to segue more, I wanted to know where that feature page, where the inspiration to create it came from and how you can utilize a feature page, a collective entity to mm. also benefit individually, if that's even on your mind. Um and maybe some tips for people, because there will definitely be a few people listening who have had the idea to start a feature page for whatever mm-hmm. niche or whatever topic that may be, if you have any tips for them as well. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's worth clarifying that uh, so uh, Lloyd and I didn't uh, technically start the Ideas Bath account. So uh, it's part of okay. this wider community of the the Ideas community, which is a global one, and uh, sort of like each major sort of location can request to uh, create a hub for it. Um, and uh, the Ideas Bath right. account was created. Yeah, it's part uh, of the Ideas thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was uh, the Bath specific account was actually created like years ago, and 
the guy, I, I don't know the guy mm-hmm. who actually created the account, but uh, Lloyd essentially uh, got hold of uh, the guy because the account was basically inactive. And Lloyd uh, and one of our old um, uh, good friends, uh, a guy called Mitch, uh, they essentially just contacted him and say, look, we'd really like to take this on board. Um, and so in the end, it ended up taking it on, uh, building up the account. Um, and then uh, a couple of years later, uh, I then uh, joined them. Um, and started trying to help grow the account uh, as well. Uh, we also have another team uh, mate called Maisie. Um, so uh, it's just three of us at the moment. So it's me, Lloyd, and Maisie. Um, and so, uh, yeah, generally in terms of like um, feature accounts, I think our main goal is to, well, one, obviously try and promote Bath as a, as a, as a city, um, uh, try and sort of, you know, show off uh, the beauty within Bath. I think mm-hmm. when you think of like certain locations, you have like a really um sort of pigeonholed view of uh cities in terms of like major landmarks and actually there's so many different parts yeah. of um you know your local um city that uh not everyone will know about it. and it's it's really nice to be able to share those sort of um different locations um you know and so we we want to try and promote uh, sort of like local photographers and um you know even just you know just content mm-hmm. creators in general and just like share their work and you know if we if we absolutely love what uh, they're uploading um then that's amazing we'll we'll post every day um and we'll try and share them on stories but uh the sort of wider community side of things is that we want to try and help support like local businesses and um work there so throughout uh, the pandemic right. in the UK we've actually uh, been working a lot more with local businesses to try and help um, keep sort of like independence floating and just try and uh, create as much advertisement as possible. And this this is all voluntary as well. Um, you know, we we get the odd mm-hmm. um, saying, "Oh, well, we can give you uh, a discount, or uh, we'd love to give you this in exchange for some uh, promotion and stuff." And you know, when uh, you know where where possible, you know, we'll uh, we'll take on what we can. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of the time it's, it's very much a case of, you know, we're, we're just more than happy to help. It's just trying to help out the community. But, um, I think from, uh, from people as like photographers trying to, uh, grow on, uh, grow on Instagram and other social networks and stuff, I think feature accounts are, uh, such an important thing to, uh, try and incorporate yeah, into, sure. like, like who you're actually trying to contact and you know without ideas bath and it was actually ideas bristol in which i kind of i first met and without those communities I, I wouldn't really be doing the you know the work that i'm doing today right so would you say that being in that moderator role has helped you grow vastly just within your community uh yeah yeah for sure um i have the odd occasional person calling call me mr bath which in certain <laughs> cases out of context might sound a little bit weird, but, um, um, <laughs> um awesome. I'm going to start calling you that. That's pretty hilarious. Cool. I really shouldn't have mentioned that now. Should I? <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, it's, wow. you know, it's quite cool because, you know, it has been able to allow me to, uh, grow, you know, my sort of network within, uh, Bath and surrounding places. And, you know, uh, taking the knowledge that I've kind of taken on from Lloyd and the feature account, it's, it's nice to being able to apply that to my own account and being able to just network generally with photographers all over the UK and, you know, wherever, wherever, yeah, can't speak and, uh, wherever else in the world. Um, it's, uh, right. it, it's definitely taught me a lot more, uh, from the feature account in terms of how, uh, 
how to build a supportive network as opposed to um, a competitive one. It's, it's really interesting how my sort of mindset has changed since joining and running the sort of uh, the feature account. What are some of the key features that that you discovered, or how your mind changed? Where was it at, and where is it now? Um, I think one of the interesting uh, ones is ju- it's just generally how we try and communicate with people um, through the through the account. And you know, uh, we well before the lockdown, we would typically run uh, photo meets at least like uh, once, sort of seasonally throughout the UK. So. Um, you know, we do one at the beginning of the year and, you know, try and do one in spring, summer and autumn. And then hopefully if possible, we'll try and do one around sort of winter and Christmas time. And, um, you know, through that, it's just great to be able to meet up with, uh, you know, local photographers and other creators and just being able to actually just share ideas and bounce, bounce off of each other. And, you know, we'd even have, uh, people who were completely brand new to photography, just wanted to come along to try and pick our brains and things like that. And I think just, the getting in the mindset of just being there to help people um, and just make them feel like part of a community has really taught me more about how I myself as a person should be uh, communicating more with, uh, you know, the, the local network. And I think, you know, even when you messaged me um, uh, and we hadn't even spoken at all before, I think, you know, it's uh just being able to speak to another photographer or something that it's it's always really exciting for me because it's it's nice to be able to just talk to another person who's like-minded and you know bounce ideas off of i think um you know just that sort of uh, sh- shareable sort of knowledge between uh people is always always just going to benefit everyone yeah no i i like that and i think one of the major takeaways from that whole that whole spiel there was and I'm a firm believer of this and I never used to be. I was always felt like I was trying to fight an uphill battle in terms of growing as a photographer, feeling just like I was working so hard and trying to network so hard and do so many things and really getting nowhere. And what really changed for me was really not one, not trying to force things, just literally trying not so hard, but also feeling like more was coming your way when you went out to give when your sole purpose was to go out and give value or give advice or to inspire you know changing that mentality from this photo is going to impress people to this photo is going to inspire people Um, trying to reply to people all the time um of all skill levels it's just i think you start to you start to win when you give Oh, completely. Um, and I'm really a firm believer of that. I mean, nobody really gets anywhere by constantly taking from the community. I think you start to grow and find success, whatever that may be for you, as a byproduct from when you really go to the community with something of value to give and share and, and offer. And I think that's the entire theme of the first 20 minutes of our episode here. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that uh, you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. And it's and it's really interesting that you say that. So, like I, at the moment, I'm uh, kind of on and off chatting with someone who's sort of like really brand new to photography, a uh, really nice guy, and he's just like really, really, really eager to learn as much as possible. Um, you know, and it's like it's quite funny like talking to him because uh, some of the conversations that we're having it kind of reminds me of like what I was like when I was first starting photography. Um, right. 
but then on the other scale, I'm like, you know, I'm talking to complete pros who absolutely know absolutely everything. And it's great because I get to have like the, like the techiest conversations going. Um, and it's just really nice yeah. to be able to have those conversations and just generally share knowledge and, uh, in that sort of space and just know that we're all doing it purely just to, uh, help each other and just encourage each other. Yeah. And I think one of the really important things I mentioned, I'm going to be mentioning this in my intro that people have already heard, but just, um, this, I heard this idea recently and it relates to the relatability. I think of this podcast is that let's say hypothetically, you're a mountain climber, right? And you're listening to podcasts that are going to help you achieve your goal of climbing Mount Everest someday. It's going to be no real benefit to you to hear someone who's describing the top of Mount Everest to you. That's going to be no benefit to you. The people you want to be listening to are the people who are halfway up the mountain. And I think that's really what I'm trying to do with this show. I'm trying to bring people on who, well, first of all, you've never success is is an infinite goal right you never attain something and that's it but i'm really trying to bring people on who are making headway like yourself you know and and pushing through and who started from the bottom and are now making some serious moves and i think mm-hmm. those are the people that are most have the most to offer to to people who are listening um because it's just it's relatable and it's just something it's a thought that i i can't even remember where i heard it that that mountain climber analogy i wish i could credit it it's not mine for the record, but it's just something that has been on my mind. And it's, I think it's can go so much further and studying people who are right now in the process. Yeah. And your description of your chat with this, this, this guy just made me think of that. So I'm going to, for people listening, I am starting a mini series within this series where, um, I'm going to be asking people, I'm going to ask you right now, Alice, just, um, I'm going to send a question your way that's supposed to catch you off guard, but I want to start finding the answers from photographers who are on the show from here on out, because I think it's a really cool topic. And the question for you is, when are you most happy? When are you most fulfilled? Uh, how Perfect. to answer that's that the question. question? The question is supposed to make you that, think. <laughs> if you wanted like a, a question to really shut someone down, that is, uh, that's the perfect one for me. Um, Perfect. I wanted to do that to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. Like, I think, especially over the last year, my mindset has completely changed. Some for the better, and some for the complete worse. Um, uh, well, mainly just purely because of the, the lockdown and like the pandemic and stuff, not being able to do what we kind of normally do. But I think, like, um, I think just. Uh, ultimately you know that i think the reason i kind of uh, again really love photography is because of the social aspect and i think just being able to you know even my mum uh does photography my granddad did photography so obviously runs in the family um just i think being around friends and family and just being able to go off and explore and be able to share a common art and uh just enjoy the moment i think uh, i was actually having this conversation with someone earlier and that um it's not necessarily photography specifically, which I enjoy. It's the experience and the stories that kind of come from the, the, you know, the, um, the friendships that kind of come from that. Um, I think that's what I enjoy 
most. It's kind of like so I, I don't know if you well you probably would have done, but the uh, do you remember the uh, the bucket shot video from Peter McKinnon? Yes, yes, and the one shot that was on there, or or one of the shots that was on there, which was the snowfall at Moraine Lake in Alberta, Canada. I oh, I missed that opportunity on my most recent trip there by literally oh, two days. Oh. Literally two days. They closed the road. I it's and the lake froze, and I was so I was in October. I was so close. So oh, I had to man. go back. But anyways, continue. <laughs> but well, it was it, well, it's interesting because it was like uh whilst he kind of got this shot the i think one of the underlying messages was that he was really trying to explain and point out the the social aspect and it's like it's not necessarily just about getting that shot but it's the story that comes with it and i think for me that is what i enjoy most and i yeah. probably think that's where i'm kind of happiest because it's like i can look back at my shots and think oh that was a really cool trip um uh, you know, this is what happened. I remember everything about this just from this one photo. Even if it doesn't mean anything to anyone else, I just remember the whole social aspect of it and who I was with at that time and what we were doing. Um, you know, it's like uh, on uh, Lloyd's Stag Do, actually, we went up to Snowdonia, uh, um, very north of Wales. And um, we, on the sort of like last day of the uh, trip, we just went around uh, driving with the cameras and just photographing some amazing places and just getting some cool memories. And, uh, I think, you know, things like that is what I kind of thrive on. And I think I'm happiest most with. So hopefully that answers your question, but. Yeah, no, it definitely did. And I'm glad you took some time to think about it. I'm hoping it really does that too. <laughs> to <everyone. laughs> um, but I think the takeaway, I think the takeaway there really is, I think that I think I loaded that question in just the way that I wanted it to come across because I think what I'm going to find I'm going to make a prediction here when I when I ask this throughout the rest of the the show to other people is that I really want to I'm I'm all about really finding the common denominators and the commonalities between people who are inspirational not just in photography but in this sense yes but just in everything i'm a big fan of just kind of breaking down data and seeing where everyone's mind is similar and mm. i'm really hoping that this question highlights to people listening that all this superficial shit like <laughs> how many likes you got and who just followed you doesn't really this is not why you're doing mm. photography it's at the at the core of it this is not why you're doing it yeah you're sure. really doing it because it connects you with other people even if you're shooting by yourself just the fact that you can share images with your support group that you've hopefully built on social media cuz it's it is social media after all that 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 endeavor and and being by yourself is allowing you to be just totally immersed in and locked into that present moment and also letting you see that the simple things are the most important your friends mm. um being out in nature obviously as as landscape photographers we're always outside you mm. know yeah completely um i think those are the takeaways and i'm hoping that the that this little thing just shines highlight on the simplicity of what's fulfilling people i think the mindset around uh social media in general you know as you said it's like you know people worry about the the likes and the followers and uh you know it's it's not really about that i think if you build up those relationships over time yeah it, you know ten thousand people for example uh 
is probably a lot of people, you know, if you had every one of them coming to your door, that's probably going to be, be a bit overwhelming, but trying to build as many relationships <laughs> as you can, uh, you know, even if you chat to someone once and you just have a, a really positive experience, just chatting to someone once, it's still, uh, you know, someone you probably may not have ever have spoken to before. And just building on that relationship to build your network is, is always way more important. And then, you know, when you try and do that more and more, you know, the more people will essentially come to you anyway. I think taking the, especially with the social aspect, you actually have people that you can, you know, you have accountability with and that you can both, mm-hmm. you know, support each other. It's like, oh, okay, well, if you want to hit this goal, then uh, that's great. Cool. I'm going to help you get to that goal. Um, and just building that friendship that way. Yeah. As you said, it's, it's social, it's, you know, it's a social network. It's not, uh, competitive yeah. network. I think it's important too to have those people, like you just said, when you say when when you're kind of announcing your goals or or, or something you want to achieve to that that either follower basis or to your your tight knit support group, that you know they're going to be right there with you, wanting to help you. And those are the people I think you really want to associate with. Yeah the ones who would give you the shirt off their back and, and you would do the same for them. And another interesting quote that I've heard, I guess I'm turning into a big quote guy. I don't want to be the quote guy, but (laughs) I love a good quote. I hear something, I hear something somewhere and it just kind of sticks with me either for the week or for the month or for a lifetime. But the one I heard recently is you become the five people you hang out with and associate with most. Yeah. So if you really consider that, you really want to choose who you're spending your time with because the most valuable thing, in my opinion, that you can offer anyone is the gift of your time. Mm. Whether you have 10,000 followers, whether you're great at photography, whether you're bad at photography, whether you, what, whatever skill set you have, I think your time is the most valuable asset you have to give to someone. And if yeah. that statement is true, that you become the five people you, you become a mix of the five people you spend the most of your time with. You really want to be wise in who your inner circle is, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And it's, uh, you know, we've, um, Lloyd and I, we're on a sort of like photography group chat and there's, there's about uh, maybe six or seven of us. And it's, you know, just keeping it uh, sort of really tight-knit in that area just to be super close friends. Obviously, you know, friends with as many, you know, people that we try and meet on Instagram and everything. But yeah, as you say, it's the sort of people that you... Uh, uh, spend the most time with it is uh yeah completely true you end up just turning into them <laughs> yeah well here's an interesting question for you um i think it will relate to everybody in some level because it has to do with how you delegate or how much of your time you designate to answering people on social media i've found so i'm at just under twelve thousand, and i can tell you that being um, polite and responding to everybody in comments and messages is starting to become very daunting. It's taking up a lot of my mm-hmm. time. And currently I'm at the point where I'm struggling between valuing my own like mental health where I'm not on my phone all day and also, but also feeling like I'm not being rude to people. Yeah, um, maybe, I'm, and I say this relates to a lot of people because, again, to go back, your your time is the most valuable thing you have to offer. Um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe this pertains to listeners who have a certain amount of followers, and I guess you're kind of. I'm sure you're at that stage too. 
And um, I guess I'm asking how, how if, if this is something A, that you deal with and B, how you do, because I have actually, I was actually just um, talking with, uh, with a friend, Brooke Littlebear. She's an awesome wildlife mm. photographer. Everybody follow her a few if you don't, she's been on the show actually. And, um, she actually just took a week off of Instagram after listening to our last episode, um, just because she thought it was such a good idea to, to detox from everything. And she was saying, guys, I just can't, I can't, uh, keep up with everyone. I can't answer everybody. And my life is on my phone. You know, people are being mean to me at times. Um, and I can, I'm, I'm starting to empathize with that. I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Oh yeah, complete. I, I take my hat off to her. Um, it's, it is one of those things, you know, it's something I'm dealing with at the moment. And like, I, I get to the point where, uh, I, I end up just taking a couple of days off, uh, from Instagram and I just, I just barely open the app. I'll open it like once for like five minutes, uh, in the day. And I'm just like, I just do not want to deal with Instagram today. But then in the times when I actually do have the sort of motivation and sort of, uh, energy to, to do it, I'm like, yeah, cool. Right. Uh, whoever got to respond to and things like that, you know, if I, if I do a post or something, I'll make sure to try and reply to the right. comment as soon as possible. And I think, you know, you're right in that it at times can be really daunting and, uh, you know, especially with DMS coming through asking for sort of like technical advice. Oh, you know, what camera do you recommend as, Oh, how are you getting this, uh, effect on your photography? And, um, you know, I love replying to those messages. I think that, uh, you know, I thrive off of that because too, I like, yeah. I like being able to help people. Um, and I think that's really, really cool. In fact, funny enough, the post I did uh, earlier tonight, someone uh, uh, commented saying, oh, great shot. By the way, I've left you a message. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. It's in my message request. So I will get back to it. Don't worry. Um, obviously not in like a, um, <laughs> like a patronizing way at all. Uh, I, I love the fact that that was uh, there, but it's just, um, uh, it's interesting because I just like have like a list of like message requests come through asking either like camera information or things like that. And I, you know, I love it. But at the right. same time, it's like I, I tried... I'm trying to get better at just doing it in my own time as opposed to feeling like I have to respond then and there. Um, you know, little comments on like my post or something, I'll try and reply to straight away because generally it's just a case of just saying, ah, oh, thanks for the, you know, the kind words, really appreciate it. Um, obviously, you're not trying to sound uh, ingenuine or anything, but um, it's, yeah, yeah, just trying to get in a better uh mental health side of things to to just be able to be in a good uh mood and just have good energy to actually reply to uh these messages um you know i, I love that sort of thing but yeah you're right you need to uh you need to kind of pace it a little bit and just make sure that you're not overdoing it yourself yeah and i think that's uh what you said in there was really important that you'll kind of do it at your own pace i think the one major, one of the major problems with Instagram in particular is that it holds a lot of people prisoner. They feel they they owe their time to tasks on the app as opposed to deciding when those tasks get performed based on their own schedule or how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. So I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think what you're saying is really healthy that I'm going to do the tasks I know that I need to do, but when I want to and when it's fitting for me. And yep. not prioritizing that over other things like exercise or um, having a face-to-face -face conversation with a family member or something. You know what I mean? Which is, it's very, I, I've caught myself at times just, do I really need to be doing this right now? And I'm trying to get better at doing, mon not mundane, but I guess I, I'll call it 
uh, admin, social media administrative work yeah, yeah. <laughs> during downtime. So, yeah. um, and I, I know what you mean about comments. So like when you post a, you post a really great photo and you're really excited about it and this is going to, I don't want this to sound, come off the wrong way, but then you're flooded with comments and there's only so many ways you can respond to a comment that yeah, won't yeah. take up hours of your time trying to be original. And I, I don't know if this is something that other people <laughs> deal with internally or if you do, where you just kind of feel like an asshole. Like I've said <laughs> the same thing 10 times to 10 different yeah. people. Uh, too many and times, don't get me wrong. It's like, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely very grateful that you stopped by and commented on my photo. And I love that. It's just, mm. I sometimes struggle with, okay, how can I just, <laughs> how can I not say the same thing to people over and over and over again without literally being here for three hours? I don't know if anybody yeah. has any solutions, message me right away because <laughs> that would be a great business. You know what? That would be a great, great startup if you could provide original comment replies for people who at periods of time are overwhelmed that would be excellent yeah um <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because like I, I constantly like have that feeling but then i think the one thing that i kind of try and tell myself is that n no one you're replying to is probably reading any of the other comments on your post so Whatever you That's comment, true. it's probably going to feel more genuine to them than any other comment going. They could probably look at another comment and be like, oh, well, he's just commented the exact same thank you message. But at the same time, it's like, how, how you know, what, in what way can I be more genuine? I'm replying specifically to this person. Um, I think trying yeah. to just remind myself that, you know, it's they're probably not reading any of the other comments on my thing. They're probably just reading my reply to them. Um, and just try and take if that you know like sometimes sometimes people yeah. not even check the reply out like sometimes people i think for the most part especially when i drop a comment on somebody's stuff i don't care if you reply i just wanted to let you know yeah, um, yeah and that definitely. goes back to our whole conversation about going going somewhere to give whether any relationship whether that's with a significant other or a friend like you go there to give and you you will collectively gain more in that whatever type of a relationship that is. The other thing that I've found for people who feel like they're overwhelmed in the the DM box specifically, and maybe this might be hard for people who don't like to hear their own voice. I think, I guess we've had some practice here because we've done a couple podcasts. You've done yeah. a few and I've done, I don't know how many now, but, and we're both, we both went to audio engineering school. So we, yeah. we've heard ourselves on playback numerous times. And then, <laughs> Just if, if as soon as you get over hearing your voice for the first time, it's smooth sailing from from there on out. But so what I'm to get back, I, I digress. To get back to what I was saying, I've found what saves so much time in the DM box is just holding the doing the hold to record your message. Mm, yeah. So I'll just somebody will, somebody will write to me and then I'll reply just holding it, and it's a more genuine because. Who else does that? I don't. I know maybe I could count on one hand the amount of people I know who do that. And B, it saves you so much time. But I think it's really important to note that that differentiates you from other photographers, especially if you're at that point where you're starting to feel like you have a devout following who are always interested in what you 
are putting out who will buy your calendar next year or who will not even that just even if you were selling nothing just straight up being <laughs> i think that just sets you apart as the genuine person that you likely are um just yeah, something completely. to consider and it saves you tons of time it really does and i think the the real benefit with that uh that i found is like you know <laughs> i don't know whether you have the same but like i've in the past, I've had people message me whether they're struggling to get around, uh, you know, learning something with their camera or whether they're trying to understand why they're not doing necessarily well on Instagram, for example. And there, when there are those times when you're, you need to be really constructive, but at the same time to the point with those people, um, not, in, not in a nasty yeah. way at all, but like something to be like, look, you know, uh, maybe you're not, doing your hashtag game correctly have you thought about that actually the content that you're posting isn't actually going to do particularly well i know you like it but it may not do well and that's not a bad thing but i think like you know what you've just said with uh holding down the record button i think actually uh if you were trying to reply to someone uh and with that sort of message doing it over text is really really difficult to try and convey the sort of emotion and lack of you know trying to get across that you're not being patronizing exactly. or anything like that and it's like you know the voice recording it's like look I'm, I'm only doing this uh to help but i think the work is really really great um you know it's uh I, i'm only doing this to help um and just having a voice recording actually just gets that uh you know it genuine sort of feeling across yeah and i think to that point in text you can't you can't display tone. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever experienced like in a text message, you can't tell if someone's just being a straight up dick to you or if they're just being <laughs> whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? We've all had that moment where we, we, we kind of look at our phone and go, is, is, is he or she's being an <laughs> yeah, asshole? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 <laughs> so uh, th- th- that eliminates it because you can obviously use inflections and speak how you would normally speak. So tone plays a big role in that. And I think as going back to people who you you mentioned you need to get to the point a lot of times in direct messages especially if it's somebody looking for feedback i, I it does it'll do you no service i think to i think this is a different thought but i think there's a lot of people who feel like they need to be nice even when yeah, a critique calls for some heavy some heavy criticism so i mean when that happens and if you're somebody who's at the point where you're you're seeking or people are seeking your advice, you're doing that person no service by telling them, yeah, it looks great. It's awesome. If it's really not, I mean, mm. I'm trying to get more into the habit of if I have somebody who's just starting out, who is asking for feedback and a shot, not being rude, but, you know, kind of like the compliment sandwich. Oh, like, oh, this is really good. Um, I think you could use a lot of work here. And then this other part is, is really awesome. And it's just, I think, the theme here is just, I think you need to be direct with people. And I think people will respect you more for saying what's on your mind. And mm. I think it is more helpful to be direct in the long term. Yeah, completely. Like, I prefer that. Yeah. And I, I think the the one thing that I think has really, really resonated with me and something that I try and tell people a lot is to hold themselves accountable for as much as possible. Um and yeah. it, it sounds a bit weird, but like the, you know, the, the one thing that I'm, I'm seeing a lot recently is, uh, you know, people complaining about the algorithm or something, uh, you know, oh, I'm not getting the engagement that I'm, you know, wanting or something. And it's like, okay, well that, that's, 
that's fine. But what, you know, what are you, what are you complaining about? Are you complaining about Instagram and the algorithm or are you complaining about something else? Or, and it's a bit like, I, I was chatting to, um, funny, I've, I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning it, but I was chatting to uh, Josh Perrett, another amazing, um, photographer in the UK. Um, and we, we were both just like seeing eye to eye. And I think like the more that we hold ourselves accountable for something, if we're not doing well, uh, at something that we need to honestly ask ourselves, okay, well, why, why, you know, why aren't we doing well? Um, you know, is it something that I can figure out? Do I need to ask someone to be brutally honest with me? Um, and you know, going back to what you said, it's like, it's not about being rude to someone. It's just being, you know, uh, honest, uh, in a way that, you know, you feel is probably going to help them the most. But I think, uh, the, the one thing that has helped me the most and some other people I've tried to provide sort of feedback for is just hold yourself accountable for everything. Um, and once you kind of do that, your whole mindset changes, like, I can't really blame the Instagram algorithm or anything yeah. for like my performance. I'm just like, okay, that's down to me. If I'm not making something work properly and I'm not working to the algorithm or something, that's probably down on me because I need to actually, you know, get my ass in gear and do what it is I need to do in order to actually get my yeah. stuff, you know, going up. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a theme that's always on this show is the word accountability. Tons of episodes back, there was actually, we did one called Adopting Radical Accountability, mm. which is just the idea that you take extreme ownership for everything in your life. Yeah. You take, because you, when it really comes down to it, you can choose to, your reaction to things is a, is a choice. How you respond to things is 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 in your control. Um, but I think if you take ownership for things that aren't working, and also take ownership for your successes. It goes both ways, right? If you do yeah, yeah. extreme ownership, isn't just negative. I mean, you can, you can take extreme ownerships for the things that are rocking and rolling and and flying and and doing well in your life. But I think it's very important to get to a point where you eliminate complaining from your psyche. Completely. Um, I get. I'm kind of re- I'm relating to you here that over time especially with this this show as it's grown i've started to get people complaining in my inbox <laughs> and if you're one of those people don't take it personally it's just i don't really want to be i'm not here to to you know help you to to justify in your mind you're complaining right we're here to to build a mindset and mental fortitude that prevents us from claim from complaining where we're at a point where we accept everything as a fault of our own um so i don't know i guess this uh, maybe it's my psa that i no more complaining in my inbox Um, (laughs) at the end of the day really if you want to just if you want to just work backwards man if you want to just work backwards because 99 percent of the rants or complaints or whatever you want to call them are about the instagram algorithm the the Mm. a word and you know what? There's just more important things. There's just really more important things that you can be putting your your mental um, your mental capacity to. Yeah, completely. And if it's really that important to you, right? Really <laughs> that important to you that you figure out this algorithm, then you will. If you adopt extreme ownership, yeah, you will. You'll figure it out, so you can be less stressed out. It's the whole idea of. Okay, is there a problem? Yes. Can I control the problem? Yes. Okay, then great. Don't stress. 
Or if there's a problem, can I control the problem? No, you can't control it. Then don't stress. There's nothing you can do. There's really only one viable yeah. option every time for when something's not working. And it just goes back to taking hold of the reins and control. What can I do? Yeah, completely. You know? Completely. And it, it's really interesting. So like, but going back to what we said about like, uh, you know, just having that sort of like mental break from Instagram, it's that that's also the one that I find I, you know, I did battle with before. And I, I think the the one thing that I find very interesting now is that my mindset is completely changed with that by, you know, just holding myself accountable. It's like, okay, well, I'm not posting today. And, you know, whilst, you know, you should be posting every day or something. It's like, you know, I'm not posting today because I just don't want to be on Instagram. Yeah, that's not going to do well for my engagement. Yeah. But actually, I don't care because I'm happy that I'm not on Instagram. And that's fine. I'm, I'm yeah, happy to accept yeah. that. And uh, yeah, I think just once you kind of reach that sort of mindset, I think, ah, oh, just your stress just completely goes away. And it's so much nicer. <laughs> Dude, that is the perfect wrap up to the episode. I love that. Just don't do things because you should do them. Do them because you want to. And just don't mm. take Instagram so damn seriously. Like it's okay to take a day off. It should not be, you know, not posting should not be the cause of your stress. Like you're not... You're not like even we mentioned. I mentioned Brooke Little Bear, who's one of the greatest wildlife photographers I know, and she's just like, I'm out of Instagram for a week. Peace. Like, these are professionals who do this. So yeah. cut yourself some slack. Take a deep breath. It'll be all right. Ellis, thanks for coming on, man. This has been really no, thanks fun. Thanks so much for having me, man. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. If you caught my last episode, the one I did with Aaron, where we answered some listener questions, we talked about doing an Instagram hiatus. I will be doing that. Social media is overwhelming. I need a break. There's other things that need attention. I'll be back. This doesn't mean there won't be any episodes, but I'm going to do an experiment. I'll report back. Until next time, go get shooting. Go get editing. Stay focused. See you then.